Hello, my name is Marie. And I'm Brendan. And this is Kobayashi Marie, a podcast for the movie aisle looking at things Star Trek and specifically for this season, Picard. Brendan, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm all right. Another great week, of course. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, I'm interested to see the title of this episode is Maps and Legends. I recognise the legends, but can't remember seeing any maps, or is that just me? No, uh, it may be, unless it's mapping out the territory in uh, these first two episodes. But actually, there is a better name for this episode, which I think we'll come to later on in our discussion. <laughs> right, you are. That's right. <laughs> I shall look forward to that. Excellent. So, uh, we will start by saying um, spoilers, probably, no doubt for this episode, and mm-hmm. probably for other things track-related, so please be warned, um, but we'll still be here when you come back if you haven't watched the episode yet. So, this is for episode two. Um, are you going to do your piquant, Picard Precy this week? I will. I will, of course. Um, very good. Which, uh, simultaneously, there seems to be a lot going on and not very much going on. Mm. So the press is even longer than normal. <laughs> normal being established last, last week, of course. Uh, so Maps and Legends, we begin on first contact today mm-hmm. with a depiction of the synths going rogue and destroying Mars. Yeah. So the synth that we see is called F8. Uh, seemingly hacked or responding to instructions begins the destruct sequence. And having killed a number of crew, he then appears, interestingly, to turn the weapon on himself as the yeah. planet destructs. It does. Is he F8? Is he fate? Is he... It could be. I'm trying to work out what F8 is on a keyboard, but I couldn't get anything consistent. Oh, uh, see what you did there. Mine turns the volume up if I press F8. All right. So... I don't, don't press know. mine again now whilst we're mid-flow. No, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I've already sabotaged it once already with the <laughs> wrong headset. Um, so, what was the... I had a question to ask about this now. Um, yes. I'm was, ready. He ha- was he hacked? This is this is the thing because I noted this as well. Was he hacked? Was someone instru- instructing him? Has he malfunctioned? What? Uh, it could have been a malfunction. I think just that close with the eyes obviously mm. suggests there's an intervention there of some form, but we're not yet sure mm-hmm. what form that takes. Yeah. Or took. Yeah. So I didn't know, but he certainly didn't seem to be acting. Of his own free will, necessarily. No, I think that's very true. Yeah. Um, trivia, do we know when First Contact Day is? No, I don't. It is April 5th. Oh, right. Okay. As soon as you asked. Well, well at least I know. You do know. <laughs> any significance of that day? Uh, not that I know of at the moment, but uh, well, I don't know. We'll keep an eye out and see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. So, should we move on? Let's move on. Back at Chateau Picard. I love that Chateau Picard. Mm-hmm. Picard, Laris and Javan are watching footage of Darge's murder, finding that Darge uh, and the Romulan death squad have been erased from the recording. And uh, they explain that it could be the mythical Jack Vash, uh, whose sole purpose was to keep secrets so powerful that just knowing them could break a person's mind. Hmm. What is so powerful that it could break a person's mind uh true love's kiss oh <laughs> maybe uh, maybe maybe i've been watching too many kids films it's um that just seems a bit duh, duh, duh. yes yes like maybe they're holding that in reserve and we'll find it all out later 
But well, what would break one person's mind wouldn't necessarily break another's. We've seen Ooh. that. Uh, going back to Spock. Yes, I was thinking of that very same person. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, oh, um, sorry, I've interrupted you there. But no, yeah. that's fine. And this interaction is quite neatly intercut, I think, with Picard and Laris visiting Darge's flat for traces of the murder. Yeah. Uh, though, I would say, in an effortlessly simple search, <laughs> uh, Laris realises that r- the Romulans have overwritten the recording. The cheeky feckers. <laughs> How brilliant. And uh, they find in another effortless search the database of incoming and outgoing calls. Uh, and then the contact between the two sisters is revealed and we find out that Soji made her calls from off-world. I mean, how brilliant is that to just, as if by magic, stumble across with a, a few flicks, a few taps, and there I've got all the data you ever wanted. It's the, the best hack ever. I know I can't find some people's number in my contacts. You know, like I've got them in under three different names or because they're at work. or So trying to find that off-world contact strikes me as a bit fortunate, yes. perhaps. Um, but then they're clever. They're clever, these people. But, they are. but then maybe it was supposed to be that clever and, and, and it, the fact that it was that easy is leading them in the wrong direction, maybe. Or the right direction. You see, I've, I again, later, I think there's... Um, well, we'll get to that later, but maybe it's all too simple at the moment. Um, uh, and this is this is something that uh, I toy with at the end. Once um, once Picard decides to go off, as he obviously is on mm. his year, um, it just all seems too simple. Anyway, we'll, we'll come back to that. We will. What also seems slightly unbelievable was mm. the revelation that the Romulans have no form of artificial life or artificial intelligence. She says they completely distrust it to the point that their computers are limited to purely numerical functions. Had nobody ever noticed this before? <laughs> I mean, that seemed to be, you know, something that Picard had never noticed. Yeah. You know, is that is that that would be fundamental, wouldn't it? Well, one would appear. It, hmm, how have they got where they are in the Federation and all the rest of it without any use of? any kind of artificial intelligence at all surely you wouldn't you would think they wouldn't get any kind of warp capability or you know that it's a bit weird maybe i need to go back because artificial life i think they said um maybe artificial intelligence maybe they didn't use that phrase oh right okay and how you define life of course is something that star trek engages with and has done for decades millennia Millennia. I think. I think. Yeah. So, that is an interesting one. But I agree with you, though. That scene where they were doing all of the um, investigative stuff and then they were in the apartment and you were getting exposition about what happened yeah. in the past. And too quick, about, too easy. Yeah, but it was really clever the way they did those two intercut together. I agree with you. It's, yeah, uh, it worked really nicely. It did work well. Yeah, yeah, really smart. So then we cut to the Borg vessel. We find mm. Narek and Soji post-coitus. Yes. Uh, and joking about intellectual, the intellectual financial capital to be gained from extracting and selling Borg technology. It's exactly the conversation you have when you're in that situation, you know, uh, I, I find. I, it's a long time. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that being the topic of conversation. No. Followed by a gratuitous underwear shot, which I don't think advanced the narrative in any way. I am so pleased you mentioned that, because if I'd mentioned it, might have been oh there she goes again but honestly what is there's no need no point it's just unnecessary 
No, no, it was very, very strange. I thought a very strange thing to do, um, especially with Star Trek's kind of uh, tradition of, of trying to uh, work through uh, yeah. everyday prejudice. Um, exactly. So I think it was a, I think it was a strange one. But they did slip up as well in which one of the films was it? Was it the first Star Trek one or the second one, where Doctor Marcus was was on screen and she had to change. She had to change, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but she didn't have to, that didn't have to happen. No, but there was an outcry about that at the time as well. Yeah. You know, rightly so. Uh, yeah. And yet they kind of repeat that in this series. So it's a, yeah. it was strange, very strange. A disappointment, I would say, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then we finish Narek um, doesn't want their relationship to come public knowledge. So suggests they need to keep it secret. He's a very private kind of guy. I was to say, he's very into his secrets, isn't he? Isn't he just, we don't know who he is or what he does. But I'm sure we'll find out. Indeed. So meanwhile, back yes. on Earth, Picard yes. meets with his doctor. Yes. Um, who I didn't recognise, so you may be able to tell me whether or not he appears. No, I didn't. And I went on a little bit of a search and, and he doesn't. I mean, it says he served with him on so-and-so, so-and-so. But to my knowledge, not that I've met him before. Now, I'm not the kind of person who, who reads a lot of comic books or other stuff like that, I kind of will stay with the films and the TV series, and that's right. my choice. But I suppose if something has happened in another medium, then yeah, somebody like yeah. me wouldn't pick that up. So it could be that I've missed something um, because he's, you know. No, and if you're in the know, that kind of intertextuality would really work. Um, if you're not, it might make us go back and try and find out. Uh, yes. So I'm not, I'm not averse to it. It just makes me think, oh, do we know him from somewhere? Anyway, he tells him he's got a life-shortening condition. Mm. Uh, needs more tests, but it's likely to be fatal at some point. Uh, an abnormality in the parietal lobe. So, uh, Brenton, yes? you're, you're a doctor, aren't you? Uh, well, not of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought you could perhaps, you know, what, what's this parietal lobe business all about? Uh, well, if I were to go uh, to a very reliable source... Yeah. <laughs> But there are other search engines available. Yeah. Um, it talks about um, it impacting on our ability to understand spatial relationships, right. correctly analyse and compare the position of one body to another, the observed and the observer, uh, and for issues to do with pain and touch and interpretation. Um, and there were, you know, in, in Picard's final two-part episode, we did go through this uh, syndrome, I think, did he call it, uh, with him once before, or something similar. Something certainly reminds yeah. me of that that storyline where he lived in three different time frames yes. uh, and had problems discerning reality from um, unreality. Yes. Um, so there's a number of ways it could manifest itself, um, speaking as a doctor, of course. Of course. <clears throat> um, but even knowing all of this, he wants to go back out into the cold more than ever. Yeah, and it's like he's got nothing to lose, isn't it? It's like, mm -hmm. well, why not? Why can't we just... I'm yeah. going that, to do it, yeah. And that phrase, having nothing to lose, was used a few times in this episode as well. Yeah. You know, where when he's trying to put his crew together, um, uh, we he decides that he wouldn't go back to his uh, original crew members because they would... Precisely because they would agree to help him. Uh and he didn't want that to be the case. He didn't want that sense of duty to inform the way that they would respond to his request. Yeah. 
because he's already lost data for that very reason. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hmm. That's... So presumably, having been signed off, uh, he goes back to Starfleet to ask for a ship and a crew. Uh, seems like a perfectly normal request. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... Tidian in, in the extreme. Yeah. Uh, and he's refused in no uncertain terms by Admiral Kirsten Clancy, who I don't know either. Do you? No, I, I don't know her either. What did she say? What did she say to him? We're going to need an explicit tag for this episode, aren't we? Well, that, that was the new title. She says the sheer fucking hubris. <laughs> so the better title, maybe even from Fecker to Fucker, because we've moved uh, from uh, from Laris to yeah. Clancy uh, in their descriptions. Indeed. Uh, but um, again, and this this type of hubris is something else that is commented on. In the episode. So actually, there's there's an interesting, uh, I don't know, you tell me whether it's a redrawing of Picard. You know, we talked about him being grumpy last week yeah. or um, morose. I, yeah, angry as well, we talked about and that. Angry, week. yeah. And of course, he's, he seems to have, um, seems to be demonstrating or evidencing this sense of, of hubris, as people call it here, um, and, and falling out with people left, right and centre over the course of his career. He does, and I'm just wondering if what you just said about the um, the parietal lobe thing, and that's to do with um, interpreting what people say, as you said, and and, and identifying where you are in, in things. Mm. I wonder if he just has a, if he does have a a weird opinion of of his world, like his world's view is different because because he has the eremodic syndrome. And but because we are on his side, if the programme's Picard, we're with him. We don't see. Did you, ever, did you ever watch House? There was an episode of House where he just kept taking all the painkillers, and then there was an episode. That's the same where, episode of House every week, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Probably, but then there was one towards the end where he, all this, these things happened to him, and then you get to the end and you find out that it was all in his mind because he, just, he was just so high on painkillers oh right that actually and he ex- stepped out of the shower with patrick duffy well do you know it was it certainly got to the end you're like oh no none of that actually happened <sighs> but i had thought with as the audience had that it was all happening and so did he and it was that so this is what makes me wonder about this is that are we with picard because obviously we want to be but are, are, we're seeing this through his eyes mm. Is it maybe not like that? Will we take a step back at some point later on and realise that he's not morose or angry? He's actually quite ill and, and has a, a view of the world that isn't real, but he, he can't see it. Well, I think we'll probably all suffer from that. Well. <laughs> some more than others. Uh, but yeah, I think we all suffer from that for, for, from time to time at least. Yeah, how interesting whether that position, uh, whether our point of view will change through the series. Yeah. I'm not sure if it will, if it would be that, I don't know if it would be that that clever, would it? But I don't know why I would put that past them. Yeah. I don't know. But in a sense, then, that makes him more vulnerable. And I don't, you know, I don't think that he should be a vulnerable character throughout his own series. So I kind of hope... I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's no, not and, yet, wrong. and yet he is, you know, he's a, uh, an older man. Yeah. Know, been yeah. out of uh, 
the business for a while and yeah. we've just been made very aware of his mortality with that interaction with the doctor so i think yes. i think they've set that up yes you know that vulnerability is is there i think is clear yeah and he has no support you know he has no support networks other than uh, the people back on his farm that's true that's yeah. true yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Clancy finishes him off altogether, throwing him out effectively, saying as a relic of pastimes and old school thinking, he's not welcome there. That was so, brutal. It was. It absolutely yeah. was, and you could see the anger in his face again uh, as he left, as he left uh, her office and and came down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Don't don't like that. Don't like that. No, no tricky one. Anyway, back on the Borg cube. Yes. Soji meets Doctor Nashala. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's just arrived on board. Now, I'm not exactly sure what part she's going to play yet. Uh, initially, all she does is confirm how nice Soji is. Yes. Uh, and they bond, not over an Earl Grey or a room temperature Chianti, but a hot Romulan. Well, uh, allegedly, yes. I mean, other opinions are available. But... They are, they are, yes. Uh, and Narek, our resident hot Romulan, <laughs> still protecting his rank, purpose and position on board, uh, insinuates himself into the operating theatre to watch... Um, the separation of the former members of the Borg Collective. Mm. And is that, is there something, there is something, isn't there, in the fact that she said, oh, no, you need permission from the top guy to do this. And he just kind of says, no, actually, I don't. Well, why not? I mean, are you so secret that, is he so secretive that he's actually the top guy of all the mm. Borg reclamation, Borg cube reclamation? He doesn't need permission from anybody. You would think so. And yet, as we're going to see in the conversation later in the series, uh, later in the episode between Commander O and um, Rizzo, uh, he doesn't seem to be that high up the pecking order. No, he doesn't. Not at all. But Not he has all. some sort of power, doesn't he? Which we don't understand yet. Yet. Yes, we don't yet. Mm. Yes. And just, wait, what, what language did she speak? I don't know. Now, I'm presuming that he spoke to her in... Romulan he said when he said can you keep a secret yeah I'm presuming it was Romulan but I I, I mean you know I'm a I'm a linguist but not quite a xenolinguist <laughs> so um I I couldn't recognize if that was Romulan that she spoke to the um Borg on the slab um somebody will probably be able to tell us but um I couldn't unfortunately no no not unreasonable I don't think no um but clear you know, you are free now, my friend, um, uh, is, again, another clear example of the way that she feels about um, about the job she has, the role she has, and the people she's working with. Yeah. So. Oh, speaking of that, who was the guy who was giving out all the instructions before? The tour guide. Yeah. He was great, wasn't he? He was fantastic. He was great. I don't know. I haven't been able to work out his name yet. Very um, sassy, yeah. Yeah. I hope yeah. we see more of him. He's good fun. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's his, maybe that's his one and only appearance. But I hope not. Maybe there's more for him yet. Yes. There's a great career ahead of him anyway. <laughs> so we return to rural Fran France, where Picard meets with um, Doctor Gelati, who also drinks Earl Grey. She does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she brings some background information on Maddox and Daj, indicating that it's likely she was only invented. I don't know if that's a word. Three that she used, but three years earlier, her entire identity built in one go, she says, three years ago. And my favourite bit, it could have been Maddox, she said, but people working in this field tend to get a bit secret planny. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I like, I like secret planny. I think we should planny, use it a bit yeah. more. Well, 
Well, the Romulans are a bit secret planning as well, then, from what we've seen so far. Well, I think so. And, of course, she then formally introduces the idea that the Romulans might be after her, too. Um, and we've seen that. Um, but uh, it's To kind of... eliminate her, do we think, because she's a synthetic? Well, that, again, that's what you would be le- led to believe. But, of course, the dissection of the Borg vessel is for financial intellectual gain. Uh, but yeah. they've not yet been able to put together the technology to recreate data. So there's something about this, you know, maybe we go back to Maddox again, you know, he, he spent time trying to work with data to take him apart so he could understand the technology to make more datas. Yeah. The Romulans may be looking to do the same thing. Um, you know, this is uh. the first time we know that there are more synths out there. Out there, yeah. Yeah. Do we think Maddox is going to make an appearance later on in the series then? Well, I'd be very surprised if he didn't. Mm. I would be surprised, but then I've not looked into the detail. I purposely haven't either, because I didn't want to be yeah. spoiled by things. So, ha. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe a child of Maddox. A daughter? No, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. You're going too far. You're going too far. <laughs> daughters. Yeah. So anyway, we go back to the Borg vessel to witness the gory removal of the ocular processing core. It was horrible. Which seemed a bit more gory when Picard was separated from the collective in his earlier episode. Yeah. I don't know that been visualised at all, necessarily. No, I don't think they did. No. Well, that was 25 years ago, wasn't it? So. That's right. Well, That's true. Right. Yeah, the noise. I think it was the noise more than anything when he could hear it. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yes. I'm trying yes. to mime it here now so you can't see me, but ew, it was horrible. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, he's free now, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then we revisit Picard. His battle against time beautifully captured in that reflection. Oh, wasn't it so beautiful, that, yeah. It was great. And then I spent about 20 minutes trying to work out what was written on it and whether that had any significance. (laughs) I couldn't read it or find anything, so I had to give up in the end. Okay. Um, But he retrieves his old communicator and makes a call to someone. At this stage, we don't know who, but someone he thinks who can help him. That's right. That's right. We find out later who that is. We do. We do. Someone else that he rubbed up the wrong way in an early part of his career. Um, So anyway, we meet Commodore O next, an undercover Romulan working for Starfleet. Is she? Just asking these questions. She's a Romulan working for Starfleet. That's what we know, I think. Yeah. And then um, there's um, obviously some deviousness going on there as well, I think. There is. Yeah. So she tries to dismiss... Clancy's report on Picard's plan um, at the same time as Clancy's trying to dismiss it. So everyone's dismissing it while everyone's looking into it. <laughs> if I if I knew, they would know and then she would know and he would know. That's right. Starfleet would know, except they don't. So we don't. But little, little does she know. So everybody yeah, knows. That's right. <laughs> and then she calls in Lieutenant Rizzo and tells her. And, and who is Lieutenant Rizzo? She's just kind of... Uh, she's in trouble isn't she though i think she is in trouble i think she is unreliable impatient and not to be trusted uh i i think uh was the way she may have been described <laughs> if not directly then certainly tangentially um uh rizzo of course uh in order to get back into books says she has her best man on the case um and uh <laughs> a terrible um from commander o describing um our hot Romulan as having a troubling penchant for the unexpected. <laughs> um, 
but at least we know what she means. We do. Yes. But there's a, a, that strange cryptic mention of the destruction of the thing before they had chance to interrogate it. So I took that to be Daj. Yeah. And that's why Rizzo's in trouble, because she wasn't supposed to eliminate her. She was supposed to detain her yes. and bring her in. I yeah. guess, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. interestingly, interrogate it, not dismantle it or, mm, yeah, you know, de, de what's the word I'm looking for? Take it out, decommission. Right. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, interrogate. So maybe that's why you think you would say that's why they need Soji now because because there's another one. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, back in France. Yes. Jean-Luc explains his plan to go in search of Soji. Oh, yeah. Laris explodes. <laughs> <It's a> <laughs> Says he can go and take a partner with him and they can both die together. Both die together. See if I care. Absolutely. And <laughs> leaves the room in high dudgeon. Uh, and interesting, again, here she says, you know, about uh, Jean-Luc's hubris. If it's important to Jean-Luc Picard, then it must be important to the whole galaxy. She says, so again, you know, this idea of, what he knows best and no one can contradict him. Yeah. It comes out again, you know, they're writing this large, I think, uh, yes. at this stage. Setting him this up. Stage. But this is where I thought, you know, when they were picking up the pieces on the floor and he explains why he has to go on this journey about yeah. Daj arriving and disappearing and then getting killed. And it was all too simple yeah. and too quick, you know, almost as though it was being planned that, that he, he would inevitably now have to go in search of the sister. Um, and maybe that's, you know, although that wasn't played out in the Commander O and Admiral Clancy um, dialogue, yeah. it just seems too simple. But almost like now they, they can follow him. And that, the plan was to try and get him to go and find her. I don't yeah. know. It, seemed, it just seemed too simple, too overly simple. But, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree at all. I think... And I think back to season two of Discovery, where we had um, Lorca, Captain L- Lorca, and now all of that seemed to seem great. You know, he came, everybody loved him, and he was, you know, a bit wayward. But was yeah. and then it turns out that he has ulterior motives and everything. It was signposted all the way. If you go back and watch that second series, lots of things are signposted once you know. Yeah what it is and they wonder if we're miss well we are probably missing a lot because we don't know what we're looking at at the minute yeah or from which perspective is or it? from which perspective yeah that it's 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 only yeah it, i think you could be right it's simple because they want us to think it's simple yeah or else they just need to get through an awful lot of backstory well in context <laughs> in two episodes so we can get into space because they haven't left earth yet no no or, we haven't or jean-luc hasn't Jean-Luc yeah, has we have yeah. We have as viewers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Picard arrives in the desert. Yes. And we meet Rafi Musica. Yes. Is that right? And yeah. Have we met her before? Again, she's another one who just seems to have turned up in a comic book, who was um, his um, first officer, Picard's first officer on another mission somewhere, um, on a Federation starship. And... Um, it says, and if I just quote, she was Starfleet's leading analyst specialising in the affairs of the Romulan Star Empire. So she's a Romulan specialist. Okay, well, that but makes sense. More than that, 
um, unless you've read the comic books. Can't really say. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's who she is. And she looks interesting. I can't wait to she find looks out great. more about uh, it. Yeah. I'm very displeased to see Picard turn up in the front garden. Uh, except for the fact that he didn't come without a gift. Well, beware, Picard's beware. bearing gift. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, his uh, what was it? The 86? The 86, yeah. Yeah, so that turned around. I quite like the way as he was walking off, he just let slip that secret Romulan assassins are operating on Earth. Yeah. And yeah. there it was, just when she thought she was out, he pulled her back in. Oh, I can't believe you've gone to the Godfather again. Oh, I have, I have. I know, I know, I know. Oh. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make this work if it kills me. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I, I like the way she just casually emptied what was in her glass, uh, so that she A could. Pint glass. Yeah, so she could get hold of the 86, the good stuff to put in it. And why That's, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> why would... So our final scene then, Rizzo meets with uh, Narek. Yeah. Uh, who turns out, it seems to be a brother. Indeed. So she asks again if the machine, so the thing, um, so she has given up the location of its other abominations and its nest. I am not best. liking this language at all. The language isn't, you know, it's very, um, it's very othering. But in, but what it is suggesting is that in a nest, that there is more than one, more than two, more than, you know. Mm. So, um, I think there, there is that suggestion, um, that there's more than Soji and Daj out there. Yeah. Uh, and of course the comedy between them is great. They claim they can't afford to slip up, otherwise they will have failed again. Um, oh well. <laughs> and the thing will consume them both. What what thing? The thing. Oh that thing. The thing, yeah. Oh, right. oh well there we go. Now we yeah. know. So does the thing consume other things? Oh. Do they, they you know they obviously have a fear, I think, of this as well as an interest. Well, if they are Romulans then they will be afeard of it. Hmm. Yeah, what, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, that is what happened, you know, when Laris was talking to Picard about that earlier on. It was um, they have um, this real, I'm just trying to, what it was <laughs> hatred, fear, and pure loathing for any form of synthetic life. Yeah. And I was thinking that anti synthetic is quite close to anti Semitic, and I'm, you know, I'd thought for a long time that Borg were the space Nazis, but maybe it's the Romulans that are actually space Nazis. Yeah. I don't know. It just, the language, all that language of, as you say, othering of hatred. Of, yeah. It just it strikes me as having a very pertinent resonance um, and a, a very dark for, even for Star Trek, um, it can go dark, but this, this yeah. has something quite menacing about it. I think it does, and maybe that's just partly the context in which we're viewing it, you know. And, yeah. and, and unfortunately, the co a context is always there. But you're right; it's it's particularly significant at the moment. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So while while we're on Narek and Rizzo, mm -hmm. can I throw out a, a wild conjecture? Go on. So. They are brother and sister. So it seems. So it would seem. Last episode, he said, um, we know she's been surgically altered to look not Romulan. Mm -hmm. She's had her ears depointed. Yeah. There's probably a word for that, but anyway. Yeah. Um, 
He said last week he talked about his brother who has now died. Yeah. Now this this is completely wild, but has his brother died and become a sister who looks like a human? Mm-hmm. I did say it was a bit wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. It's or, wild. Yes, yes, it's wild. Or, or, or is it a brother who is dead to him? Oh, right. Mm. Um, which gives us a, a third possibility. Or is that a second? I can't remember now. Dead, dead to him, or uh, is now Rizzo? Is <laughs> right. Yeah. Gosh. But that's... Hmm. I think I've just confused myself there with all of the possibilities. Maybe, but that's 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 a good outcome. I imagine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to continue. I don't know. We don't know, and I don't. And he also said, "Narek is one of his names." Yes. And he said it in such a way that made me think. Well, what what are the others? And why are you being so secretive again? And. Is, are we going to have to get some answers in it? Because if it becomes too secretive, it just gets a bit eye-rolly, doesn't it? You kind of need some answers to keep you going. I guess. But it's all it's bound to be questions. <coughs> Excuse me. It's bound to be questions at the moment rather than answers. Yes. No, I completely agree there. Mm. Completely agree. And that's fine because it gives us something to talk about. Yes, indeed. Indeed it does. So uh, how how do you feel about Commodore O then and... Rizzo and what they're doing is it uh, how much is Commodore O covering for Rizzo do you think <coughs> it's hard to work out what the relationship is there as we said that um that narrow Narek seems to have um a position of power and authority as yet unrevealed yeah um didn't seem to be the case in that exchange between uh, Commander O and Rizzo that's right uh, yeah and then even the interplay between Rizzo and Narek was unclear as to quite who had uh, the leading role. Yeah. I think there. Um, and of course, we don't yet know what the end game is. You know, if they all are all just simply in it to try and find the synthetic so that they can understand the technology uh, and control the galaxy. Um, that's one thing. And maybe that's it. Um but we don't yet know quite what each of their individual motivations is. No, that's true. Mm. That's true. And, and how they will change over the course of the the series, I think. Yeah, I think that's that's likely as well. Mm. Um, because if they are doing undercover work, there's bound to be toing and froing and yeah. ch- ch- pulling the wool over people's eyes, and the smoke and mirrors will grow and dissipate. So let's let's see what it is they are actually trying to do. But I want a few answers next week. Otherwise, I think I'll feel like I'm being led down a path somewhere. <laughs> do we know how many episodes there are? Ten. Ten, right. Ten, I believe. Um, so we've had two now where we're still feet firmly on the ground. And we yep. we need to get off. We need to be up in a starship somewhere. So... Well, we guess next week he'll be putting his putting the band back together. Putting again. the band back together. <laughs> or a band back together again. There will be some, yeah, bunch of ragtag. Yes. 
characters. Yeah. Let's hope so. Do you think that Laris and... What's his name? Jaban. Jaban. Are they going to go with him? or? I like them. I'd like to see them do more than harvest the grapes. Right. I think. Um, and I particularly her like, like her direct style of dealing with Picard. Yeah, she just tells him how it is. It, That's it, right, yeah. yeah. So I think they are good characters. And um, they obviously have a backstory. Um, which they leaves do. Them, leaves them where they are. And I'm not entirely sure I trust him. What's his called? Z- Zareb? Zana? I've forgotten his name already. You just said it 30 seconds ago. Uh, Jaban. Jaban, thank you. Why yeah. can't I remember that name? I'm not sure I entirely trust him, though. Um, is, it in, of... is it in the way he looks rather than what he says? Yes. He has a shifty visage from time yeah. to time. Yeah. And I'm just not sure I trust him. And yeah. I might be completely wrong there. And yeah, I trust her implicitly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Absolutely. So maybe maybe she does go and he, he does bring the grapes in. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, she'd be a fantastic number one. She would. Honestly, when you think about the number of female characters that they have, mm. it's apart from Picard. You know, the rest of them, there's a lot of female characters there. They're probably going to need to find some men. So there'll have to be a man <laughs> to, to drive this spaceship, won't there? have to be. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do that. I guess so. But no, 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 it's good. <laughs> um, there was no number one this week. We didn't see we didn't see the doggy. No, we didn't at all, no. No. Mm. I'm sure no. he'll be sorely missed. I'm sure he will. Although some, yeah. I did read somewhere where he was a bit of a diva on set, so... Maybe oh, they right. just tried to write him out. And maybe it was a, <laughs> a bit of a handful, so they, you know, not got rid of him, but thought they'd do some scenes without him okay. getting in the way. But if the, if the contract allows, I think they can do what they want. Can they? <laughs> sure, I, yeah. He'll probably have his people on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, dear me. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, have we reached the end of all the... All our musings. I think in terms of the timeline we have, I think we've yeah. covered most of the, the story. Um, I think we've covered most of the story. Yeah. Wow. Again, as usual, there'll be plenty we missed. Of course. I don't remember seeing any artefacts this week that, rem- that were placed strategically to remind us of earlier episodes or earlier series. But I'm sure there'll be the more eagle-eyed people out there who will have noted some of these things. The will. I mean, only apart from the old-fashioned communicator and then the holographic enterprises in the ceiling at, at Starfleet headquarters. But other than that... Yes, yes. Know. the way he arrived outside Starfleet headquarters. It reminded me of the chimneys in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good alley. Yeah. I thought, what a, what a strange way to arrive. But anyway, you know, that's, uh, well, that's guess, neither here nor there. I guess it stops you from beaming into... A place where someone's already standing or something like that. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So next week, I want to see a spaceship. I want to say, I want to hear him say engage and I want him to go off out into the cold. Yes. Anything you're particularly hoping for next time? I'm, I guess I'm interested in seeing a couple of the old characters. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we had that was there was tea. There was a tease there, wasn't there, in the in the promo? Uh, yeah. Revisiting some of those old relationships. Yeah. Which I think will be be really nice to see. And if at the moment we're seeing Picard in a state of kind of anger, um, and not confusion, but you know people aren't believing him and he's having to fight his case. Yeah. I think there'll be an increasing warmth to that, which I think will be a nice a nice balance in the yeah. next episode. So I, I hope I hope we we see some of the old characters, even if they don't go with him, um, that we see those relationships as they've developed over the intervening 20 years. Yeah, I agree with that. I just hope that what's in his head is not as a result of Q still. I'm just going to say it again. Mm. It's very much Q playing with reality that is annoying and don't want... I'm not saying I'd I'd rather he had a terminal illness that's going to make (laughs) him lose his mind, but but at the same time, I think if they've thrown Q into this mix again, I, I will be a little bit annoyed, but... Right, well, let me... Let me lay your fears to rest. Uh, Q will not appear. Okay, thank you for that. Um, I feel happy. I'll rest easy now, knowing that that's... Good. And when he does, don't blame me. Okay. But for the time being, rest assured. Okay. But if he does, you heard it here first. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, I think we can... Shall we wrap up? I think so. I think so. Thank you very much for that. So, um, if you... I think by now you'd probably be able to find us on uh, places where people find podcasts. So I think you're going to be able to search Kobashi Marie on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now, and various other places. So please do subscribe to that. You can find uh, writings on themovieisle.com under the Kobashi Marie uh, heading, and you can find me on Twitter at Reezypie. Um and Brendan, remember, if you can't win, change the conditions of the test. Indeed. This has exactly. been Kobayashi Marie, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.